The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Great pleasure to welcome back Kathleen McNamee uh, to look at the feast of sport. We'll start obviously with the GAA. Um, I, I thought a couple of things. You were in Croke Park yesterday, but over the two days, the goals made a huge difference for Kerry and for Dublin. Um, and and they've avoided each other in the draw. And like we've had all the league, you know, Mayo won the league and then we had the provincial titles and uh, teams flattered to deceive and the Talchin Cup and we've had all of this and then we had the round robin which had very little jeopardy in it but when it comes down to it it seems same old, same old uh, Kerry and Dublin. Yeah, I think a lot of people expected this to be the final pairing and it's exactly what we said it would be. I think you look at the way that Kerry and Dublin came out over the last couple of days and they just looked so much more impressive. They peaked at exactly the right time. A lot of, like Originally, everyone said that Galway were going to be in the final. Obviously, they lost to Mayo. They didn't look up to scratch. You look at how Mayo performed yesterday. It was like they had absolutely no answer once Dublin started scoring the goals. They just wilted under the pressure. I said it going into the second half that I thought at halftime Mayo needed to have a bit of a cushion, a bit of a lead into that second half for them to actually take off because Dublin looked far more dangerous. There was a bit of a swirling wind in the first half that died down in the second and I think that did affect some of Dublin's shooting. Some people are saying that the jaded teams who have been going Sunday after Sunday, uh, that they that that showed or do you think that actually misreads Mm. the quality and depth of each of the top panels? I think it did show a little bit for Mayo definitely yesterday like a couple of the lads did look like they were out on their feet once it hit like 50-60 minutes which they probably shouldn't be I think the mental and physical toll of that game against Galway because it was so close for so much of it that it definitely took something out of them if you're going to have a break I think the two weeks is probably perfect you don't want any more because it gives you enough time to rest but also you keep that kind of match performance in you because you only have two weeks and you have a bit of a break but I think for Mayo yesterday, it wasn't so much the tiredness, it was a golfing class and it was a golfing, you look at the players that came off the bench for Dublin, like Mayo didn't have that option, they didn't, they threw on Killian O'Connor probably a bit too late, I would have put him on a good like 10-15 minutes before he actually came on to try and make a difference because by the time he came on, the game was gone and there wasn't really any impact that he could have. Just putting Kerry under the the, the, the spotlight, uh, so Moran has retired the big, lanky uh, midfielder. Dermot O'Connor really caught my eye in terms of he scored, he was all over the place in midfield. And, you know, people talk about it's a Clefford show, you know, that's it. But actually, Jack O'Connor has unearthed some real talent. Yeah, he really has. And that was all the talk leading up into the game was that, like, would Kerry's midfield be up to Tyrone? And they were more than capable of it. Um, Like you say, we talk a lot about the Cliffords because they're just easy to point to. But that really was a key battle that they had to get right because you knew the Cliffords are well capable of scoring and you had other players coming back in like Ganey and White. Whereas O'Connor, like, I think for... Jack O'Connor, he's probably come into this Kerry side when they're, they've been on the cusp all year of doing something absolutely magnificent and they're really firing at the moment. And there was a little bit of a question mark over it because obviously they lost to Mayo down in Killarney and then Cork ran them quite close as well. So everyone was kind of wondering, 
are they going to capitulate a little bit later on? But they've managed to not do that. And I think a lot of that comes down to the way O'Connor has managed them. Okay, before we go on to racing, the ladies football, what should I know? So there was protests again over the weekend. Um, The Camogie players and the LGFA players are playing this season under protest. So in the first weekend, they um, stood for a minute after the national anthem. This weekend, they wore T-shirts calling for equality and they also all ran into the dressing rooms. And it applies equally to camogie and football, does it? Yeah, Yeah. so it's basically both sets of inter-county players uh, under the umbrella of the GPA have said that they want equal treatment, they want, you know, the same sort of mileage that the lads get. Now, there is something to be said here. They're doing this protest under the GPA's remit, but yet we've seen absolutely no support from the men's side of the game. I think if they were going to have a proper impact, it was really up to the GPA to say, like say for those quarterfinals at the weekend, they should have been wearing T-shirts as well or they should have been making some sort of stance. It wouldn't have taken all that much out of any of those players to stand up and say, well, we support our counterparts, but they haven't done that. Well, as we come to the two semi-finals, the, the hurling next week and so on, there will be an opportunity to redress that. Okay, the current three-day meeting, uh, Aidan O'Brien's derby winner, Epsom, did the double uh, since Harzand. It hasn't been done. Um I, I don't think he had to be up to his best to win. Like Aidan O'Brien had second, third and fourth as well. The the, the Spreewell and uh, the, the, the Grey Horse uh, just didn't really perform. A hundred classic wins. It's quite astonishing. It is. It's an amazing feat to achieve. And as you were saying, like, he didn't have to be at the top of his game, I think, to get this win. Obviously, there was also the serious incident that happened with San, San Antonio. Antonio. He lost uh, his life, yes. Yeah, so that was quite sad to see. And that and was the, the firmest of, ground at the top of the hill turning in there. And the jockey uh, was concussed when yeah. Norton, he had to go to Tala Hospital. It was a serious incident and quite an unusual incident to happen mm. in a flat race. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm I'm all excited, looking forward to the Boyle Sports Irish Greyhound Derby at Shelburne Park. The the English equivalent was on, and there was I think four Irish dogs in the final. Yeah. Uh, the unexpected Swords Rex was expected to win, but he didn't. No, he didn't. So it was uh, Gay Time Nemo who went, raced into the annals of Greyhound racing history, uh, which uh, an absolutely flawless run from him. Like there was no one touching him. Uh, owned by the O'Connell family of Blarney and trained by Graham and Nicky Holland. So that was very very impressive. That's earned him 175000 for winning that race. So not too shabby a payday coming back out of that. Now, I, I myself couldn't resist watching the Ashes. I thought all along uh, England, uh, Australia are a better team. And then it kind of turned. They had faster bowlers in Australia. Yesterday afternoon, heroics from Bearstow uh, uh, was very controversially put out, but Stokes, the captain, over 150 runs. Mm. If he had stayed at the wicket, they could have won. And then there was controversy. Yeah, there was a lot of controversy yesterday in general. I mean, Stokes gave England that bit of hope, but then they fall just short of the 70 runs that they needed. Uh, just this morning as well, the MCC have announced that they are going starting an investigation into how some of the Australian cricketers were treated whenever they were going back in to the dressing rooms. They were booed in the long hall saw, as yeah, they were coming yeah. back. Quite on, on British-like. Yeah. Very unusual. So yeah. there was video of them coming into the long hall, but also then when they were walking up the stairs, they were booed again. And it kind of sounded like one person started it off and then everyone joined in a little bit.
it. So there's going to be an investigation into that. It's kind of funny because they keep calling it this like very serious controversial incident and really it was just a couple of lads going boom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so Wimbledon, uh, what is it, SW, whatever, in, in London, <laughs> strawberries and cream, Eaton mess, uh, champagne. Uh, I should be there. I don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, 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 so much to look forward to. I'm a big Novak Djokovic fan. Um, what are you expecting? Well, I think everyone's looking at Djokovic and seeing how close he can get to Federer and his record at Wimbledon. He starts off today at half one on centre court against Kashin, who's from Argentina. Uh not, there's not too much on the women's side of things. I think everyone kind of expects Schwantek to take that because she is the most competitive there at the moment. Overnight, we had the news that Kyrgios had to pull out because he had a wrist injury. and he's always, He got to the final last year, yeah. Yeah, and he's always a big talking point, obviously, because he he's a controversial figure at times. And also, he. I remember I covered Wimbledon a couple of years ago and he's so interesting compared to all the other players. The way he interacts on court, the way he talks to the fans, you just don't get the same sort of interaction from any other player. So I say quite a few people would be disappointed that he isn't there this time around. Um, also, it'll be interesting to see how all the other kind of up-and-comers are doing against Djokovic. Kathleen McNamee of Off the Ball, thank you for that extensive roundup of all the best. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.